Hello, thank you for listening to Pixel Pizza. I just wanted to let you know before we get started that when I recorded this episode last week, I was not feeling myself. I was I had a bad cold, a bit under the weather, had some brain fog, so not necessarily my best. But I mean, my guest, Jordan, he did an awesome job. He has a lot of cool things to say, but I guess keep in mind when you're listening that I wasn't totally myself when I recorded it. So uh, just, yeah, I enjoy the music and the show. Bye.
pixel pizza. Did she say pizza? Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza power! That's right, when super giant pizza. I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Pizza time. All right. Welcome back, audience, to Pixel Pizza. We just listened to a track from The Beat Wizard, and that track is called Rain. And now we are coming back with another hot interview this week. We are here sitting down with the creator, director, programmer, and game designer for Auto in the Ancient Worlds at Obvious Gravity Games, Jordan Marks. How are you doing, Jordan? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I like to start off by asking the question, when in your life did you know you wanted to make games? Uh, When I was very, very young. I I had three older brothers, so they're always playing games around me. So who knows? I was probably like eight or something, (laughs) like super young. And what kind of got you to that point where you started? Uh, So, well, I mean, I played games all the time with my older brothers, like from the original Nintendo to Super Nintendo. And then when they got too cool for games, that's when I kind of branched off to like more like RPG stuff like PlayStation. Um, But I went to school for physics. And I met a bunch of people who who made games. So it kind of like it like brought me back to uh, feeling like a kid again and being like, oh, yeah, I would love to make games. Um, so I kind of just got thrown into it uh, by meeting some friends and they, they showed me like Unity, Unreal, all these easy programs I didn't know existed. And then from there, I could just teach yourself because there's so many tutorials online. <laughs> totally. School is just such a great way to meet people and connect. And I'm curious, did your background in physics help you at all with like figuring out like the jump height and uh, (laughs) stuff for characters? It did. Yes. It made it much easier to grasp. So I felt a little, little lucky. I could just jump right into it and I didn't need to like find some library of like physics. I could make my own uh, for the game. So yeah, it was very nice. (laughs) Is that part of where the name for the studio came from? Oh, no, it's totally random. <laughs> yeah, we, we were at like a diner um, trying to think of like a cool uh, name of something. And, and me and the concept artist, we're, she was talking about how like, is there gravity in space? And I was saying that there's obvious gravity on Earth and there is <laughs> there is gravity in space. <laughs> huh. but, it, but it's obvious on Earth because you feel it, uh, the ground pushing back up at you. <laughs> That's where it came from. That just quick. That's great. <laughs> I know uh, getting into your game, Auto in the Ancient Worlds, I was reading online about sort of your mission statement for the game and you wanted to look and feel retro, but with modern aspects. And I was wondering, how do you sort of strike that balance? Right. Um, well, so we, we are amateurs, so that, that was a very hard balance to strike, which we're still trying to do. <laughs> 
but there's some obvious ones like if you want to make it modern it's as simple as checkpoints you know like you play an old nest game and most of them don't have checkpoints so they have a life system it's right. as easy as just throwing away the life system having checkpoints already it's a <laughs> much easier game uh to begin with um but we and yeah we did things like just always play testing you know like we take notes like wow this room was way too hard um let's fix it um stuff like that yeah yeah some of that stuff <laughs> they probably did not bring into consideration in the old days right they just give you three lives and right you know there's like 10 stages <laughs> and yeah good luck one or two continues if you're lucky right right, right yeah you gotta you got cheat to uh, make it feel normal <laughs> <clears throat> but what would you say some of the best lessons you learned from the classics are uh best lessons from the classics um uh, I, I sort of like the lack of story um i know that like when i play a platformer um, sometimes these games kind of jump into story and there's tons of text sometimes you just don't want that and you want to just throw yourself in and just instant action instant adventure um, that's sort of something I've, we've been trying to play with um we don't want to like annoy the user with too much text uh etc they just kind of throw you in sure but also at the same time i think one of the most interesting aspects about your game is that you're drawing from all these famous stories and myths from around the world for the different levels right exactly that's why we <laughs> sort of struggled with, with what i just said so what, what we end up doing is we sort of uh like you said so a stage will be about greek mythology and it's about perseus and medusa and there's there's tons of lore that we want the user to know um and to experience so what we did is we sort of made these things optional so you don't you don't have to learn the lore but you can if you want to oh. and if you're talking to these people let's say you know and you think it's too much text you can just press the start button twice and it skips the whole thing <laughs> okay yeah so, so. yeah yeah so we try to find like a little happy medium there yeah that's good you know since you have quite a lot of different roles in your description what does a day in the life for you look like yeah so i do have a day job so this is all on the side oh wow um, yeah so i am program on the on the as my day job um so we've been basically doing this for like six years now that's why it's taking so long <laughs> but it's basically like a night routine um where let's say you know from just like two hours a day at like maximum just you know what i mean it's like that's sort of how we uh accomplish this we're like okay we have to do a minimum of 30 minutes every day of something like programming or it's design or tweaking something and then i usually don't go longer than two hours and just do that every day and eventually we'll get to some product we like that's great i'm sure it's hard to strike that balance between like doing something every day but not totally burning yourself out right and and like i said six years is it's a long time yeah yeah i do want it to end but i still i still feel positive <laughs> i bet what's something about your process that you do that nobody knows uh well so i guess what, what's sort of unique about otto is how each stage is based off of some mythology legend or folklore so sort of like we had to read so many stories to like choose what we want for a stage so i thought that was kind of a different like a unique uh yeah approach for making a game is we read like you know the Grimm brothers tales they do like snow white um cinderella so like we read like 
you know, like 20 of, of Grimm Brothers tales. Um, you know, they're, they're very long. They're like short stories. And then like we had to choose, you know, there's so many awesome mythologies. We had to read all this mythology stuff from Norse, Egypt, Greece, etc. Um, so that, that was sort of the unique uh, thing about this is we're always reading stories. <laughs> That's really cool. Were there any stories that kind of almost made the cut but didn't? Yeah, th yes, there was a... Okay, so we wanted a Japanese story. Uh, it was basically, I think it would fall under folk, folk tale. Um, yeah. And we were going to put it as the final stage, but it got cut. And I, and I feel <laughs> really bad because I really wanted something Japanese in the, the game. But yeah, it, it got cut. We had to cut a bunch of things, though, because after reading, like, what, like like 100 plus stories, and you, like, put it into the categories that you really like and what you don't like, you know, you'll have, like, like literally, we had, like, 20 in what we liked and had to throw away so many. Um, but the Japanese one is the, the one that makes me sad. Ah, <laughs> uh, bummer, yeah. Must have been hard to narrow down. Yeah, but it also makes you feel better that there's less work. That's <laughs> true. That's very true. Are there any interesting facts about uh, some of these stories and folklore that you discovered that most people probably wouldn't know? Well, so we tried to pick some common ones for most people to know, and then some that were very, um, yeah, um, not popular. So like for one, like the Grimm Brothers tales, everybody knows Snow White, everyone knows Cinderella. Even though those stories are much, much different than the Disney tales, they're actually kind of creepy. Um, but we tried to go with the Grimm Brothers tale that no one's really heard of, at least from my experience. And so we we chose this one where it's uh, in a swamp and there's a frog and there's a bunch of cherries. So we were like, oh, cool, this is a weird stage. Like we could make a stage about swamps and cherries. <laughs> so I was like, that sounds very unique. You know, like I've never heard of a stage that has like a cherry theme. I, actually, I forgot, I forgot what the question was. Say what was it again? When you were reading the stories in your findings, were there any facts that like most people probably wouldn't know? Oh, right. Okay. I, I think there's very cool Egyptian afterlife facts, like how sort of when you're in the, the normal life, you have a normal body. And when you enter the afterlife, you get this ba form oh. and you basically are a, a bird with a human head. That, that was sort of like, it's fun to like read about all these different afterlifes, you know, and how like cuckoo they can be. Yeah. And so it's very interesting to imagine like everybody with this bird body and a, and a human head. <laughs> wow. It's Which like is what we do in the game. Raw, right? It's right, exactly. Bird head. Right. Wow. right. There's like a shadow one, your normal self, and then the bird. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Uh, so something I was curious about, I didn't see a lot in the gameplay. But uh, you have like different outfits that Otto can wear. What is that about? Yeah, so we have been tweaking the outfits a lot. So there's not a lot of like videos or, or screenshots about them because we kind of keep changing things. Mm -hmm. um, but so basically what the way it works is, so each stage has this unique mythology, folklore, et cetera. And we kind of want you to like become part of the story. So to become part of the story, you have to like find basically like these NPCs. And if you find them, like let's say you're in the Medusa, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the Medusa world and you find Perseus and Perseus tells you like all these things like, oh, uh, I've been tricked into having to kill Medusa and you need to cut her head off and it needs to be a gift to this person. Um, so you're, you're, you find this NPC and you're learning this lore and then you find these little collectible items that tell you about the lore. And then you can also find the outfits 
which is sort of like making you become part of the stage. Yeah, so like, like, yeah, and like the North stage, you'll find like a Viking outfit and then you fit it really well and you get like a cool Viking attack from that. And yeah. Nice. Have you been playing the new God of War? No, no, I've watched a little bit, but I've not played it. Yet. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the way it adapts, it will be different from the way you do, but mm-hmm. real, sure, really yeah. good at getting you into that Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. So how do you, as a director, when you're wearing that hat, how do you rally your team behind a shared vision? Yeah, so the team is basically, um, it's me and Ax Kaxa, who's a concept artist. Um, and, and I'm the programmer and director. And basically, that's it. And then everyone else is a is a contractor. Oh, okay. So it's basically just me and Ax Kaxa just like, just talking to each other. <laughs> like she, and she does mainly concept artists. So like, I'll just program something. I'll come up with some idea. We live together and I'll just go into her room and be like, what do you think of this? <laughs> That's basically our whole process. And then we, we hire like these contractors for a composer and for the animation and for the, the pixel art for just the models. And the person who does the models is Nick Wozniak. Who, right, who, yes. right. Yeah. He, who works on Shovel Knight. But he, so he's also like our art consultant, you know, so so I basically just go into Oxcox's room. We we talk about things, <laughs> or I message Waz online, and you know he tells me I'm doing something wrong. So I'm sort of not like your your typical director. I'm still like an amateur, and I'm I'm kind of just banging heads to get an idea of how things work. Yeah. So what is that process then? I I guess. Of... Yeah. So I can talk about the the process of uh, making like an enemy. Which yes. I, yes. Which I'm actually. We're actually very like satisfied with what we've come up with. Um, we basically come up with like so again these these stages are based off of stories. So when you read the story, like I'll, I'll come up with a list of let's say uh, people or, or creatures that were in the story. So let's say there was like a turtle and a frog. <laughs> so I'll be like, okay, we have a turtle and a frog we can work with here, you know. So it's like I want some some enemy that's a frog that shoots some projectile. Like what what could we shoot in the story? This frog is uh he's like walking side by side with a pumpkin carriage. So we're like, let's just have him shoot pumpkins. <laughs> so like, you know, it's, it's very like random, random thought, you know? So, so I'll like, I'll get this little text block. I'll just write like, I want a frog that looks fancy and I want him to shoot a pumpkin out of his mouth. That's literally what, what we'll get. And I'll hand that over to Ox Coxa and she'll just start drawing a bunch of, you know, different concepts of a frog and like a suit, maybe as a top hat, maybe he doesn't, you know? The pumpkin's pretty simple, you know, you just have him, just a normal pumpkin <laughs> that comes out of his mouth. And then, so Oxcox will, will, will draw like one or two of these things, but sometimes more. And then basically I come over and I just nod that I like it. And then that gets handed over to Waz, which he then makes into a pixel art. Um, it's just like one frame. So he doesn't animate anything. He makes like the one static frame of the frog. Oh, okay. And then... Right. And then we have... The rest of the frames based on that. Right. So, so sort of making like key frames, um, you can sort of view it as. So like if that frog did a bunch of weird different things, we'd have him like do one frame of him idle, do one frame of him like jumping. And then the animator uses those like different states to make the animations. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, you know, you sort of give enough where you have a specific thing, what you want, but you're able to give the artist enough room to kind of play around with it and exactly yeah i, I like i like to say like free range yeah not, not everyone like likes or confused my setup but 
it's like Oxfax is very talented. So it's like I can give her this basic text block and she'll make something really good. So I'm like, I'm like using her talents. I know that I can give her this sort of minimized uh, words and she'll make something really good. Um, I don't need to be over her shoulder, like, you know, directing everything. Totally. I've seen her stuff online. She's really incredible. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are the top three things you want listeners to know about your game? Yeah. So, so the game is about all these weird stories. Um, so it's like, it's this retro game, you know, and you're throwing yourself into all these weird stories. That's what makes it unique. Like a lot of these games, they always have like the same theme with Otto. Like you're going to go into the stage. It's about Norse. It's about Greece. It's about uh, this Irish vampire. You know, it's like every single stage you get thrown into is going to be sort of unique. And I feel like that is, it's very different than other platforms have done. I guess that, that would be one. <laughs> Two, I mean, I, I guess I, I'd say it's like, the, it's a pixel artist from Shovel Knights and the guy makes like amazing things. So I think our, our pixel art looks like fabulous. I think he's like the top three best pixel artists right now. I was wondering, do you feel like there's any pressure like being compared to Shovel Knight because he's involved? I mean, he's so good. Yeah, right, right. Oh, especially because that that team, Yacht Club Games, they're they're like phenomenal developers, like all around, you know? Yeah. So so yes, you do feel pressure because it's like I'm an amateur. This is our first game. We're doing the best we can. Um, but they're like extremely experienced and their game is games are amazing. So yes, it does make me a little nervous that it's going to be compared to Shovel Knights, <laughs> just because of the visuals, right? But the gameplay will be very different from Shovel Knight though. Um, and so we actually kind of like focus. We're like, wait, this this part's too much like Shovel Knight. I'm oh. gonna change it. I'm gonna change it to be like our own thing. Um, yeah, stuff like that. But, but yes, I am nervous. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, but I'm sure you guys are gonna do great. For sure, yeah. Lots of play testing. That's, that is the secret. <laughs> you, uh, do you have like in-person play testing or remote or how have you been handling it? Yeah, so uh, at first it's been in-person friends um, and that that has its limits, right? Because some people aren't going to be mean to you. <laughs> um, and then surprisingly being at conventions like, like PAX West or PAX East, you get amazing feedback because you just have like an endless line of people just playing your game. And they, and most of the people are, they're very honest, which is what we want to hear. You know, I want constructive feedback and right. you to be very honest. So very surprising that, uh, at least at first I was very surprised that that's what PAX was like. And we got phenomenal feedback from that. Um, and then we also have uh, a Steam demo and some people leave comments um, on like a little form, Steam form. Uh, that's been very positive. Um, and we have done some people online uh, that will play and usually I, I like to watch them like on discord they'll they'll share their screen and stuff oh awesome yeah just because it just feels so much more positive to watch it and I can I can see without words where they're kind of struggling and then maybe like if I see like oh everybody struggles at this room I should change something for sure yeah hacks in particular I used to go every year before yeah. I moved out west but it, it's such a great opportunity to try all these different games and connect with developers and i know the connecting part is is very unique um i can like say whatever i can play their game and be like you know and they're because they're expecting uh <laughs> feedback so it's very interesting to be in this scenario where you can sort of talk to them about their game it's it's wonderful yeah absolutely 
So I think now is probably a good time for us to go to our musical break for the episode. And this is going to be another track from our chiptune artist, The Beat Wizard, and it's called It's What It's. So enjoy that and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. You just listened to It's What It's by The Beat Wizard. And now we are back with Jordan talking about Otto and the Ancient Worlds. So I wanted to know about, there was a, I saw in a screenshot, this is the Pixel Pizza podcast. There is a Pixel Pizza in your game. Yeah. What is the context behind that? Yeah, so so you know on games, if you don't move for a while, there's like sometimes an animation. So in in Otto, if you don't move for like 10 seconds, he basically has a little bag and he pulls food out of his bag. And we're gonna have a hundred different uh foods that he can eat. Wow. And one of them is a whole pizza. <laughs> so it's just a whole like pepperoni pizza and he eats it. <laughs> That's great. Man after my own heart. Yeah, I just ate pizza right now too. <laughs> Ooh, good. What kind of pizza? It was frozen pizza tombstone. <laughs> oh, all right. That's still good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lot. yeah. So what would you say your hopes are for the game in the coming year? Uh, I, I mean, I hope it releases <laughs> in the coming year. Yeah. That would have to be number one um, because we every year we're like, we can do it. It'll come out by Christmas. And it never does. <laughs> but I do feel like this is the year because we're, we're finally finalizing things like, 
all the animations are done. Like the, the music is being reviewed and, you know, like people, all the concept art's done, stuff like that. We're, we're actually like checking off things. So it feels like it can come out this year by Christmas. <laughs> That's great. That's exciting. Yeah. When I saw it at IndieLand, I, it definitely looked like it was really coming together. Yeah, that's always like that vertical slice, you know, like like what what we show, you know, to the public is like the some like three finalized stages, you know, but there's so much work on other stages that you don't see, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. And then be, besides from it coming out, I mean, I obviously I just want like I want people to have fun with it, right? Like as long as I'm like play the game, like oh, this was a fun game, you know. I don't care if it like blows anyone away or et cetera. I just want you to have like fun, right? <laughs> that's that's our goal. Yeah, that's. That's important. That's underrated. Yeah. Just something that's good fun. Right. To change the world. Exactly. Sorry, my brain's a little foggy today. I, I oh, it's all good. I'm getting through a cold, but. Yeah, I, I had a nasty cold for like, it lasted like a month of just extreme tiredness. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's been. Yeah. Right, so I know your pain. <laughs> right. So. I guess this is a stupid question, but like, I've wanted to know what does Otto do? Is he like an archeologist? Is he, how does he find himself in all these situations? Right, so so our our pitch for him is he's he's overweight, he's very small and he's very old <laughs> or he's middle-aged. So it's the person you've always wanted to play. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he is an archeologist. So his main thing is he's supposed to be like, he doesn't like to go do field work. He likes to stay in the museum and the university and kind of just like do his work there. But he kind of gets thrown out into the field work. And, and basically what, what's gonna happen is he's searching for somebody. And as he's searching for them, um, he finds like these, these books basically. And these books are gonna get opened and inside of them is a, is a real world inside of those books. And oh. basically that world escapes out of it and you just gotta put it back in. And, nice. and there you go. So, so he kind of like messed up by releasing these worlds, and and now he's sort of you know forced to put them back in the book by by a Greek god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and oh, and yeah, he's very hairy. Did I say that he's he's supposed to be like super hairy. Oh, <laughs> like if you've if you've seen uh, Gerard from Indyland, people yes. always say he looks like exactly like him. <laughs> oh, I can see it now. I can I can totally see it. Yeah. Where are you guys located? Like, is there like a big game dev scene in your city? Yeah, so we, we are in Chicago, Illinois, and and we live, me and Max Cox live in the suburbs. Um, and there's, I, I mean, obviously Chicago is a, a very big city. Um, and there are a lot of game dev companies like uh, like Midway's there, who I think is called NetherRealm oh, Studios yeah, yeah. now, who did, you know, like Mortal Kombat and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. So there is them, and, and there's a lot of like smaller ones, but I. I remember like long ago, I was trying to work for them, but none of them hired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Jackbox is there. Yes, Jackbox. Yeah. yeah, right. So I, I I had an interview with them. <laughs> oh. I got decently far and then, yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> but yeah, so we're just in Chicago and then Waz is West Coast. He's in LA. Right. Uh, our composer's here in Chicago too. Um, and let's see. And then the animator is, I think he, He's in somewhere in Canada. Yeah. So I guess the follow-up question then, how is it sort of working with all these people remotely? Right. So 
I, so I work remote at my day job. So I feel very used to um, sort of dealing with that, you know, the, the problems that come with that. Mm-hmm. So, so because I've been working remote for like three to four years at this other job, I, I feel like a total professional. Um, so like, you just have to have patience, you know, sometimes people don't respond right away. So you just gotta have patience, like <laughs> that people will answer you eventually. That's sure. sort of, yeah, that's sort of how I, I always, always tell myself. <laughs> Those were all the questions that I had planned to ask. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, I think that's about everything. Was there anything you wish I had asked? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Uh, you, did a, you did a great job. <laughs> oh, thank you. You had a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, then I do have one more. And that is, this is the Pixel Pizza Podcast. Where is your favorite pizza place? Um, I, I sort of don't, don't want to say because it, I like live right next to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'll say my number two, which yes. is uh known as Pizza in Crestwood, Illinois. They they basically do um like these like giant slices, and if you can like if you can eat two of them in thirty minutes, it's free. Wow! <laughs> so I have a lot of like fond memories of me and my dumb friends in high school, like trying to do the challenge <laughs> and then the, like throwing up outside in the alley. <laughs> Did you ever successfully do it? No, no, I have never done it. My, <laughs> my friends have never done it. But, you know, they have like the picture of like the hall of, of fame, you know, people who've done it and it's very small. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I can imagine they make but, it hard on purpose. Well, they do, they do double dough. Oh, so wow. like, it's like an inch of dough. Um, yeah. So it's a lot. Great. Well, thanks so much for talking with me, Jordan. Where can people keep track of you and the game? Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so on Twitter, um, basically obvious gravity, that's, that's our handle. Or you can go to obviousgravity.com. Um, we also have a discord you can join. We just talk random game, game dev stuff. I'll usually be like, do you like a, or do you like B to be in the game? Stuff like that. <laughs> and people tell me what they think. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining me. And- yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Totally. Uh, And we're going to end off with one track from the Beat Wizard, and that's called Void. So listen to that, and we'll see you soon, audience.